Hey there, it's Viviana, and welcome to Road Snacks. Listen, if you've been around for a while, you know that every time, it never fails. Every time I go to record a podcast episode, someone is mowing their lawn, there is construction being done, and sure enough, today my neighbor is uh, cleaning up his leaves. So I know some of you, it bothers you when there's like background noise, but I couldn't put off on recording or like putting together this podcast episode to publish it. So you're gonna hear him in the background. I'm really sorry, but you're gonna have to get over it. Okay there, so hi, it's Viviana and welcome to Road Snacks, a podcast about photography, life things, and sometimes weightlifting. Today's episode is a special one. I'm really excited about it. I got a chance to chat with Alexa Mina Colwell. Alexa lives internationally for Team Lebanon and she is coached by Spencer Arnold under Performance and Grace. I also need to mention this because this is very cool. Uh, Alexa is the second woman in Lebanese history to win an international medal. In this episode, she talks about her mental preparation leading up to her first international weightlifting competition and the process of applying for Lebanese citizenship. The interview is about 30 minutes long, but we actually stayed on longer. We, t- you know, we turned off the microphones and we just chatted for a while and she is so easy to talk to. She's honest and she is a breath of fresh air. I loved having her on and I think you're going to enjoy this episode. Darn Oh, maybe my, cause I have like another audio picking this up too. So maybe it, it caught it. Um, so I'll start from the beginning. So I'll go through the whole thing. Welcome to Road Snacks. I'm happy you're here. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I've been following you for some time. Um, all right. So before I realized that it wasn't recording, you started telling me about something in August that you did. That is very cool. So go ahead. Yeah. So this is my first international weightlifting competition, uh, representing Lebanon. My family is from Lebanon. I'm Lebanese. So this was like an extreme honor for me. Um, very exciting time. It was the, um, Konya 2021 Islamic solidarity games, which is kind of like, uh, so a games event, I don't know if everyone's familiar with it. It's just like a bunch of different sports, right? So like a mini Olympics essentially. Um, And so we had a team from Lebanon from a bunch of different sports go and I was invited to to compete in the weightlifting competition. So um, that was that and it was very good. The outcome was great. (laughs) Um, I got a bronze medal. So that was like, completely exceeded my expectations for my first international competition. Yeah. I mean, so, um, the one thing that Alexa, I, I imagine that, um, you might be like, I don't know, I want you to brag about it because I think it's such a big deal uh, (laughs) that you're the second female in history of Lebanese weightlifting to win an international medal. Um, yes. Okay. So that's, that's like, when I saw, when I saw your post, I was like, Oh my gosh. Um, it's funny because I didn't like, I didn't realize it when it happened because like, so Hala, everybody knows Hala. She's the first female to compete for Lebanon in weightlifting ever. Um, obviously she's been competing for like, I think the last eight years, like I want to say decade. So she's won a lot of medals and I didn't really think about it. Like, Oh, I'm the second female. So that would mean I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just like, Oh crap. Like that actually happened. Yeah. And I didn't realize it until after the competition. And it's so. your, like your first international one. The fact that you like, it was an international competition, which I think going to nationals locally is like a hurdle, but then to do it internationally, <laughs> to go internationally compete yeah. and then medal, I think is, is amazing. Um, so Thank congratulations you. to you. I was like, so excited. Um, all right. So 
back in 2020, you started the process for your Lebanese citizenship. Can you just share a little bit more about like what that was like for you? Um, I was sort of, uh, I felt like I was along in your journey too, because <laughs> it had, yeah, because you were sort of talking a little bit about how like you were really leaning on your family in Lebanon to kind of make this happen. Like it was like your documents were going back and forth, like what, six yeah. times or something between the US? Okay, yeah. so yeah, yeah. Times that I can remember. Yeah, it's been like, it's been a journey. So when I first started this process, to be totally frank, I didn't even know that I could compete for Lebanon. Like I, I just thought I wasn't good enough because I would see, and I'm not saying this to be negative about myself at all. I just never thought that I had the opportunity just because I wasn't good enough. Hala was out here like doing all these amazing things. And I was like, oh, she's just really good. Like, that's probably why they want her. Um, and then just through some conversations with her and her husband, Ryan, um, they were like, you know, you could do that too. You just need to get your passport. So I was like, oh snap. Okay. Uh, what do I got to do? And so I'm like going back and forth with my family and my dad and the embassy. And so finally we figured out that I had to actually become a Lebanese citizen first, because long story short, when, you know, when I'm born in the USA, but my dad was born in Lebanon, he doesn't necessarily have to register me on his like family documents. So he never did that. So I technically wasn't a Lebanese citizen, even though it was my birthright. So the process becomes like 10 times harder once you're an adult and you're not, you know, you're not a newborn who, who, is in America. And you know what I'm saying? It's just like, yeah. it's so much harder. So we had to go through the embassy, which was all virtual because at the time there was COVID, it, the embassy was in New York city. Um, there were all of these obstacles I had to overcome because my mom's American. And so a lot of times when you're registering uh, your daughter or your son, you need to register the marriage. And my family or my, my mom and my dad were never married. So there was this like big, like, oh, well, what do we do now? And like so many people told me it wasn't going to be possible because of that. And because of like all these other reasons that just made it so much more complicated. And um, long story short, <laughs> after going back and forth to Lebanon a gajillion times, um, all of my documents got cleared finally. Um, luckily, my my cousins used to work in all these passport buildings, so they were able to be a huge, huge help with you know getting things moving the way that, that they were supposed to be moving. And um, fun fact, I had to change something on my birth certificate to actually make this happen too. So, I saw that. Yeah, so very interesting. Yeah, so I don't know how to explain this and have it make sense because it doesn't make sense. But <laughs> my dad, my dad was born in Lebanon. He was born in the village that he was born, not in like the big city with all the big hospitals and everything. And, you know, back then it sounds like they just kind of registered the birth whenever they wanted to. So he was born on a specific date, but his birth wasn't registered until like a couple of years after he was born. So on a couple of his American documents, he has a totally different birthday than, than what's on his Lebanese documents. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the, the incorrect birthday was on my document on my birth certificate. So we thought everything was ready. They were like, yep, your papers are good. And then they were like, oh, his birthday's wrong. Like you got to fix that. 
So I had to go to Albany to the, I don't even know what building, the health something building, and they had to approve the change. And it was this big thing. And I almost thought it wasn't going to happen because they gave me a, a horribly hard time. But um, yeah, so finally, my Lebanese citizenship was finished. And the last step was to go to Lebanon and get my passport, because that's what you need to, to show at weightlifting competitions to register your athlete, um, you know, that you're, you're using the passport from the country that you compete in. Okay. So when I was just recently in Lebanon, that's what I was doing. Um, I was kind of playing the waiting game. I like went there the second day I got there and applied and did all this stuff and essentially just had to wait for two weeks. And luckily it happened because <laughs> I was going straight to a competition after that. <laughs> right. Because it was, the, was it the same month almost? It, it was the same. It was in within three weeks. So I was in Lebanon oh for like, gosh. yeah. And I went straight to Turkey from there. But you know what I love? Like all the pictures you've posted, you are so happy. Like you're just, your smile is so, and it doesn't look like you're ever stressed. And so when I kind of was reading a little bit about your story, I'm like, how is she, how is she not freaking out? I would have been Yeah. I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of stressful moments throughout that trip because the, the Lebanese government is just kind of a mess. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of, um, economic, uh, collapse right now. Mm -hmm. So the government doesn't necessarily function the way ours does. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there was just a, a lot of delays. And throughout those two weeks, I was like, man, is this actually going to happen? I'm not sure. Um, so after all of that stress was like gone, I was just like, let's do it. Like I'm ready. I, I, this, I did not go through all this stress for nothing. You know, I was just like, I don't even care how I do. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. Like, this is it, you know? So it was, it was definitely an interesting, like switch that flipped in my head because it was so stressful, but for some reason I was just like, no, I, I don't care. That's not an excuse, you know? And so you made it happen. Yeah. And you've yeah. like, I've, uh, your, cause I watched your videos from, cause it was in Turkey, right? Was that where? Yeah. The okay. Yeah. Um, I watched your videos and you just look so strong. Um, like there's such a change in your approach to the barbell and your lift. You just overall, um, I don't know. I can't remember who you were with in the beginning and like how your training is now. Um, but whatever's happening, it's working. So, um, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. So what I want to ask you next is a little bit just like about in general, your, your weightlifting now, um, like why the sport of weightlifting, you did gymnastics. Did you I did competitive cheerleading. So super similar. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, which I feel like, I don't know. I feel like there are a lot of athletes that sort of transition over from that. Yeah. Gosh, area. there's so much. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that and like how you got into weightlifting. Yeah. So I was a competitive cheerleader for like eight or nine years growing up all throughout middle school and high school. Um, it was my absolute life. Like when I tell you, I love that sport. Like it, I lived and breathed cheerleading. So when I graduated high school, you know, you age out of the, the senior category. 
um, of cheerleading. So I was pretty lost. I had no idea what to do. Um, luckily my coach who, uh, coached us for tumbling and cheerleading, he owned a CrossFit gym. So I was kind of introduced to CrossFit earlier on in college. Um, I felt like that gave me almost the same amount of like determination and motivation to get better that cheerleading did. So I stuck with that for a few years. Um, and I just kind of enjoyed the strength lift so much better. And so at that point, when I realized I just really liked squatting and snatching and clean and jerking, um, I reached out to a local coach and that's kind of where my weightlifting journey started. I had, uh, I had stayed with that coach for like four and a half years. So, um, that's kind of how I got started. And, uh, I've obviously been pretty consistent with weightlifting since then. This is my yeah. sixth year weightlifting. So, um, and there, there was at one point sort of a little setback, right? Was there an injury that you were sort of, uh, so I remember you were like posting some stretching videos. I was like, Ooh, mm -hmm. I, I should probably do that. Yeah. So honestly, my, my weightlifting journey started out pretty interesting. I kind of felt like I got the short end of the stick. I was like, obviously new, very inexperienced. Um, I had a lot of people telling me that I was very good for how inexperienced I was. I qualified for nationals at my first meet. Um, I was told that I should be a specific weight class. So I was always trying to be in that weight class. Um, and I had just discovered a lot about dieting and nutrition and I was tracking my macros pretty religiously. And so to me, I didn't know any better. I was, I was eating very little. I was, you know, trying to stay around that weight class. I was just always getting injured. Like I swear it was like two or three times a year. I would have something to, to take me out. I would have to work around it, you know, like knee tendonitis that I wouldn't be able to squat or like you know, a hip impingement, my back, something like that. And so that was pretty consistent throughout like my first three or four years of weightlifting. And I just have a lot of trouble believing that it wasn't from trying to be too small and fit into a weight class and just not fueling my body as much as I should for this sport. Mm -hmm. So, um, Fortunately, these last couple of years, I've learned <laughs> that I should not keep doing that. Um, as I've matured <laughs> in the sport and throughout my studies in nutrition, um, I've just stopped dieting. I've stopped trying to fit into a weight class. Um, I'm really focused on being healthy and strong. And um, obviously doing the mobility stuff has helped a lot. But like I said, I, I just spent way too long trying to be too small and eat too little. So, um, it's definitely paid off to not do that anymore. And, uh, since then I've had significantly less injuries these last, you know, a year and a half, two years. So, so maybe that's what I've sort of seen the shift in you without knowing, right. Maybe it's that, because we talked a little bit about it when we were trying to set up this call, you had yeah. mentioned about your sort of experience at the beginning with dieting and all that and trying to fit into smaller. But now after listening to you, look, you're sharing your story about, I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, I wonder at the time when I had first seen you, maybe you were kind of in the middle of that, uh, like yeah. you know, dieting, trying to fit in a smaller weight class. And then the Alexa now is the one that's a bit more like, okay, I'm going to grow into my body and 
your focus has changed from, you know, oh, I have to lose weight to let's see how I can get this nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. one of the few people that talk about fiber. I know this is like such a weird, it's a weird <laughs> no, thing, it's but... not weird. I, yeah, it's, it's um, a big topic in nutrition. <laughs> I, I rarely ever hear people talk about the importance of fiber. Um, I had hired a nutritionist a couple of years ago and that was like the, one of the things that she had really, uh, like made sure like, listen, especially as you get older, you really like the fiber intake is really important. And you had made a post a while ago about the importance of five. I think it was like um, a recipe or something. And, yeah. um, and I was like, yes, someone's finally talking about the, <laughs> the importance of fiber. Uh, so totally. I appreciate that. Yes. Um, so, you know, at this point now, I, I mean, I feel like I have, there really could be like a part two in this because there's so much I want to ask you about, like just your training in general, but uh, I'm down for part two. Because <laughs> <laughs> really, like, I'd love to know about your your training now. Like, who are you, what team are you on right now, just to let folks know? Yeah, so I'm on Power and Grace Performance. Um, Spencer Arnold is my coach. Brennan, my husband, also helps whenever he can since he lives with me. And he's he's coached me at meets before. He's, yeah. He uh, watches me train every day. So Spencer does my program. Brennan is like, my eye. <laughs> okay. Uh, are you going to be at the New York state championships? Um, I am, I'm not going to be competing, but okay. I'm going to be helping. We have a couple of girls going. So oh, any guys, I won't be there Saturday. So I'll miss all the girls, unfortunately. <sighs> oh no, no. We, so I have a client who will be on Sunday, but, um, not someone personally that I coach through weightlifting. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and all right. So just to kind of like, let's see, let's to wrap this up here, I guess, advice for weightlifters. Also really quickly, before we go, I want to know more about these fruit jellies that you were oh <laughs> because I was, I was borderline, like really interested in it, but then also horrified. Cause I wanted to know how they yeah. taste. Okay. So, so this you can choose whichever one you want to talk about first. Go ahead. Okay. Well, this will be super quick. So those things, I guess, are a TikTok trend. Um, oh, I did not really sure. Yeah, like not really sure how people decide like what's trendy or not, but I had never heard of these little things. I ordered them on Amazon. They're like, they're in this like little plastic container in the shape of whatever fruit flavor it is. And you're supposed to like cut the top off and like suck the jello out of it. But the trend was like, to just bite it and see which way it explodes and hopefully it explodes in your mouth. Okay. <laughs> so that's it's a, jelly. It's jelly. It's like jello. Yeah. It's oh, like it's a jello. thick, like y- it looks like liquid from the outside, but then when you break it open, it's like super thick, like jello. Huh. So they're delicious, but that, that was the trend that we were doing. <laughs> I don't know. I saw it. I, was, I don't know. I'm, I'm like a texture. I'm like weird with texture. And I was watching yeah. the two of you break open to the, like bite. Yeah, you might be weird with the texture then. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, that's really funny. All right. So a little bit, I guess, like some advice, I feel like, um, cause I know you said it's at some point you may kind of share more of your story about what it was like weightlifting for you in the very beginning when it comes to weight classes and things. And I'm looking forward to that when you feel comfortable to share bits and pieces. Cause I think it would benefit so many people as they're, especially women, as they're coming through the sport, but in general, yeah. any advice you have for weightlifters or folks that 
would like to compete for Lebanon, um, for Lebanon, I guess, what should be their next steps? Um, just anything, any advice that you'd like to offer? Yeah, so I guess just generally to women and girls in general, um, don't be afraid to get strong and lift, lift weights and don't be afraid to, to get out of that stigma of like, oh, let's be too, let's be smaller, you know, because there's, I think especially like in the older generations of the Middle Eastern cultures, there's this stigma that like women shouldn't be strong. Men should be the ones being strong. They should be the ones taking care of people. And like women shouldn't look like men with, that have muscles. Um, so I guess my advice to those girls and women is that, you know, it, they should be okay to break stereotypes. Like, please break stereotypes because it's okay to be strong. It's okay to have muscles. Um, it's okay to be proud of something that empowers you. And I hope that my journey can inspire other people who are maybe afraid to branch out and lift weights and, you know, do something that empowers them that is so hard and, and mo motivating and requires so much de determination. Um, and then I guess people competing for Lebanon, gosh, I don't know. It's, it's been such a journey that I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I feel like one, if you are a weightlifter and you are, you have your passport and you have your citizenship, like holler at us because <laughs> we love to have a team of, of Lebanese weightlifters. Yeah. Um, right now we have me and Hala and then one other girl is actually going to start competing as well. She's from Australia. So there's a lot of people hopefully in the diaspora who are like us and live in other countries with their passport and um, citizenship that hopefully can do the same and, and compete for their country living elsewhere. So if, um, if folks have questions for you, can they message you? Is that okay? Questions? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Instagram. Um, if you can link it, I don't know if there's a way to link it. Yeah. I'll put it in the notes. Um, okay. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's just Alexa Mina Caldwell. Okay, cool. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Um, I feel like yeah, maybe we do need to do a part two, but at this point now. Uh, yeah, I would love to share more, but if you want to do part two, I'm here for it. Okay, <laughs> awesome. Um, so Alexa, thank you so much for coming on here and just kind of doing a very brief intro because really, the, I mean, we could have really, uh, like one of the, the topics that, we, that we've been talking about, I mean, I, everything that we talked about, we really could have extended for an additional 30 minutes each of these topics totally. but I think this is sort of a nice introduction for people to get to know you and what you're all about um I think the process that you have experienced with um getting your uh, the Lebanese citizenship and competing internationally it really speaks to your character and who you are um so I'm excited okay. for you and what is in store for you in the future so what's okay. happening I guess for the remainder of this year and 2023 anything exciting that you're gonna yeah so i'm i'm registered for the world championships oh, um, oh nice okay yeah so awesome. i'll be competing there that'll be an amazing experience i'm sure like probably 10 times better than what this competition was um so i'm super excited for that and 2023 i'm not really sure um, I think we're just kind of going to do what's required of whatever it is to complete the quad and kind of go from there. 
Okay. So maybe part two could be sort of a, a wrap up of how worlds went. And we yeah, can start- love yeah, that. Yeah. I w- okay. That's awesome. That's what we'll do. All right. Okay. Alexa, so I'm going to end the audio now, but let's just don't, don't hang up yet. All right. So you could say okay. bye everyone. Okay. Bye everyone. Thank you. I don't know if people say hang up anymore. <laughs> that was a zoom call, but whatever, it's fine. Uh, that, so after we hung up, um, we actually stayed on for a bit longer because Alexa's just so easy to talk to. She is, she is a breath of fresh air. So if you are, if you love interviewing weightlifters, please reach out to Alexa. I will definitely have her on for a part two um, after she competes at Worlds this year, which will take place in Bogota, Colombia. In the meantime, you can give her a follow on all the social media places. (laughs) I'll leave all the links in the episode notes, but please, 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 when you get a moment, uh, just go on and just give her a follow. As always, thank you so much for being here. Be a kind human being and don't forget to take your vitamins. Adios.